For health's sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Health Partners Clinic, Stillwater, Lakeview Hospital, and Westfields Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. I'm talking with Dr. Kelsey Vidston about pregnancy for women who are 35 years old or older. Welcome, Dr. Vidston. Thank you. Thanks for having me here today. Are more women delaying having children? Yes, this is becoming progressively more common, especially as women are focusing first on their careers or are meeting their quote-unquote soulmates later in life and deciding to have children later, even if they're married earlier. One of the resources I've used for numbers is the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists. They have a consensus, an obstetric consensus, just updated in August of 2022 with data from the CDC census in 2020. It shows that the average age a woman is getting pregnant in the United States is greater than 35 years old in 19% of all pregnancies and in 11% of first-time pregnancies. The average age for a first birth was 27.1 years old in 2020, and this is in comparison to the average age of women becoming pregnant with the first child in 1970, which was 21.4 years old, so almost a six-year difference. Why is it harder to get pregnant as we get older? That's a very complex question and probably more adequately answered by someone in REI, which is a specialty of OBGYN, reproductive endocrinology, and infertility. Best thing to do if you're trying to get pregnant and you've had difficulty at the age of 35 or older is don't wait more than six months. See your PCP and have some general labs performed. One lab they may mention is called anti-malarian hormone, AMH. And this hormone tells you if you're having difficulty becoming pregnant and you are diagnosed with infertility and seek artificially reproductive technology or in vitro fertilization, the AMH tells you how likely with this treatment you are able to have a pregnancy. So basically, once you are conceived, your eggs are slowly aging. And thus, the reason that it's more difficult to become pregnant if we're only looking at the factor of the age of the eggs is as you get older, your eggs are less likely to be of the best quality. But this is something that REI definitely can answer uh, better than I can. Why is it more common for older women to have multiple births? Because there is a greater risk of infertility or in general difficulty becoming pregnant. There is an increased risk for multiple gestation due to the increased use of ovulation induction, which is going to help you release eggs, as well as assisted reproductive technology, um, which would include possibly implanting two embryos instead of one due to the increased risk of a early miscarriage or fetal demise. You're increasing your odds of having that healthy baby with implanting more than one embryo. Are there any medical complications that are more likely to occur for women 35 and older? Yes, there are. And I'd like to start with talking about the medical comorbidities that are just more likely to be present at an age greater than 35. This includes obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure. So one of the keys when you're thinking about getting pregnant 
at an older age is just taking good care of yourself with eating a colorful diet that'll help you provide for veggies and getting all of your nutrients, as well as exercising 20 to 30 minutes, three to five times per week. And it doesn't have to be at a great intensity. It can just be walking. And then, of course, always getting enough sleep, which can be hard depending on what type of job you have. The medical conditions that we think of specifically related to pregnancy, the fetus, and giving birth to the infant, aside from the chronic medical disorders that I've talked about, obesity, high blood pressure, and diabetes, include a higher risk for complications during pregnancy, such as gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, labor dystocia, which just means any type of problem with labor with the baby coming through the vaginal canal. And because of this increased risk of having problems with labor and increased risk of cesarean delivery. The second group of medical conditions we're concerned with related to the pregnancy has to do more with the fetus or the neonate, which can be born preterm, require neonatal intensive care unit admission due to being born preterm and may have a low birth weight. Of course, we also think about the increased risk of genetic abnormalities. I'd like to mention that with these genetic abnormalities, they are basing a lot of the data off the frequency of these genetic abnormalities on women becoming pregnant at actually age 40 or greater. They do separate advanced maternal age into five-year increments about 35 to 39, 40 to 44, 45 to 49, and 50 and above. And a lot of the data we have on genetic problems actually is from that age group of 40 and above. So I think you said this already. Are C-sections more likely? They are more likely just because there is a higher possibility of having a problem with labor. And there's a lot of things that can happen with labor. It could be that you're not dilating. It could be that the baby is not descending in the vaginal canal after you fully dilated to 10 centimeters. It could be that baby is malpositioned and that's causing the baby to not descend or not help the, the cervix fully dilate to 10 centimeters. I think that's the majority of the labor dystocia problems that we would most likely discuss. If someone is over 35, do you plan on having a C-section with them, or is it more of a plan to have a vaginal birth, but something happens and you have a C-section? It is always best to try for a vaginal birth first. Because a lot of these problems with labor, we won't know if it's going to be an issue with that particular pregnancy until we've had a trial of labor. You have to think about C-sections also and their risk. It is a major surgery. And if you are one of the patients at age 35 or older who have medical conditions such as obesity, diabetes, or high blood pressure, that can complicate the surgery. So no, we would not recommend C-section initially. I always recommend a trial of labor unless there is another indication for a C-section, such as preeclampsia that's worsening and labor is not progressing fast enough and you are unable to fully treat the blood pressure at the max dose of medications. Or if there is fetal distress, you may need to proceed with an emergency section to deliver the baby faster than you can if the mom is not ready to deliver at that time. Are there any risks for the baby for women 35 and older? Yes. As you age, you're going to have increased risk of genetic abnormalities. And that is why we actually recommend all women, not just 35 and older, have prenatal genetic screening 
That can be screening of the blood with an ultrasound in the first trimester. And you can also just have screening of blood, which shows cell-free DNA. If there is an abnormality on the screen, that's when you would progress to diagnostic testing. And that would be when you have a procedure that's removing some genetic material from either the amniotic fluid or part of the placenta called the chorionic villi. Some of this sounds really scary for a woman who's thinking about pregnancy after 35 years old. Is there any healthy choices that they can make before getting pregnant? Like I said earlier in the podcast, generally taking good care of yourself with nutrition. Try to have that colorful plate so you're getting your veggies in and other nutrients that you're not going to get with a mainly bread diet. Getting that three to five times of 20 to 30 minutes of exercise, and it can be low intensity such as walking and getting enough sleep. And what about during pregnancy? Are there some healthy choices then too? During pregnancy, there aren't too many changes that you have to do aside from your your regular life, but there are some specific things. Prior to getting pregnant, you want to make sure that you're on a prenatal vitamin with folic acid. Some recommendations during pregnancy are going to be based on the trimester, and you really should have a one-on-one conversation with your physician at each part of your pregnancy, such as one thing that's throughout the pregnancy is the amount of caffeine you should have. Just think about one glass a day or one cup a day is usually what we recommend, less than the 300 micrograms. And there aren't restrictions on exercise as long as you're not increasing the intensity of exercise you were capable of prior to pregnancy because you don't want to hurt yourself. There are certain things you shouldn't eat in the first couple of trimesters, which include lunch meat and unpasteurized cheese. But that's something that pertains to everyone and not just pregnancies greater than 35. The management of pregnancies greater than 35 generally includes a little bit more of monitoring, but otherwise is the same as routine pregnancy care. Do you have any other words of advice? I would say you have to have a discussion with your provider to let them know what your goals are for the pregnancy. And this could include less interventions so that they can talk you through each part of the pregnancy, antepartum, intrapartum, so when you're laboring, and then after laboring as well. They can give you the numbers of the risks for having a genetic abnormality. And based off of your answers, whether it's It would increase my anxiety to know if I was at an increased risk of a genetic abnormality, such as trisomy 21, then maybe you would decide with your provider that you do not want prenatal screening. Or maybe you are someone that wants to know any risk and may also be considering not continuing with that particular pregnancy. If the risk is very high and then confirmed with diagnostic testing, then you're going to want it order the prenatal screening, and you're going to want to proceed with diagnostic testing at that time. Because diagnostic testing can have risks, and numbers can mean something different to each individual. If I tell you that there's a 1 in 400 risk of you at 35 having a child with Down syndrome, and then getting to 40, it's a 2 in 400 risk. One mom may decide that they want prenatal screening because that's too high of a risk. And another mom may decide that they don't feel that those numbers are too high of a risk for them and decide against the screening. I'd like to plug a couple of resources. You can always do a search for American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists pregnancy at age 35 years or older, but this is 
quite medical term heavy. And another resource would be evidence-based pregnancy. It's called Evidence-Based Birth Podcast. There's some resources that are free, as well as there's the ability to do online classes. This is great information. Thanks, Dr. Bidston. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the podcast today.